0: in front oh
1: surprised you still remember
0: me. Who could forget the Liberace of Sandusky? Welcome to Old Fogies and Films. Each episode, the members of this panel take turns assigning a film to watch and discuss. We have Ruth, Fahad, Takiyah, Shelley, and me, Eric. Today we're discussing Swan Song, starring Udo Kier in honor of the beginning of Pride Month. Happy pride, everybody. Happy pride.
2: Happy pride, everybody. Mm.
0: Three fifths of the fogies. Uh well, everyone can celebrate, but you know, three-fifths <laughs> of us um care more. <laughs> Maybe two fifths of us. Fahad is a self loathing gay, so <laughs> okay. So Swang Song starring Udo Kier, not Swang Song from 2021 as well, starring Maharshala Ali. Uh, Hopefully everyone watched the right movie. Okay, put simply, this film is about an elderly gay man prompted by tragedy to make a journey, confronting old wounds and reconnecting to the town he once knew along the way. Uh, I can already guess Shelley probably wishes we could have seen flashbacks to these characters' heyday in the 80s, but I'm 99% sure they had zero budget, which I'm sure you all could tell from from the uh, production quality which obviously was wasn't bad, but um, it basically has you know the the director Todd Stevens. It's based in his hometown where he's filmed several things, uh, so it's a real place. And um, they've just they've got uh, just a handful of actors, and uh, there's not a lot of craziness happening. Uh, so there's not much put into the production uh, besides filming. So I will start. I was expecting something different from this movie. Uh, I think I may even have described it uh, differently when I assigned it. I thought it was gonna be a little more, what's the word? Like uh, a little more like the hangover, like uh, a bit uh, crazy, you know, hijinks, I think is a word I probably used. Uh, so when it started, I, immediately I was a, little bit, a bit struck. It was kind of bleak <laughs> and, and slow paced. And I was like, oh my goodness, uh, I hope this <laughs> is fully depressing the whole time. And it really takes a, a, a long time to gear up, but it's kind of like uh, like Fahad the songs that I know songs that I know you love like some of your favorite songs are what you call slow burners like they they really they start very slow but they they keep building up and towards toward the end uh and uh, and more things happen over time until um and usually those songs are also very very poignant and I and this movie really fits the bill for that too uh, you don't know what's going on in the beginning and there's not a lot to it, there's not a lot of meat on the bones, but after he finally leaves the home and gets into and starts meeting people in town and you start to learn more about his personality and, and his past, um, I found it very, very charming. And by the end I'm crying and, uh, <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, it's a, maybe viewing is a different, a little bit of a different experience for me than some of the rest of you, because I am getting older. And in fact, you know, at the time of recording, I'm about to turn older, one year older. And uh, and I, you know, I, I'm one of the, so I'm one of those gays that sort of remember the day when they, when the culture was a little bit different. I remember, you know, what the bars were like, what people were like, what the society was like uh, and how we were treated. And sometimes even I like today will go out to a gay bar for the first time in a long time. And I don't know. I don't know how to do it anymore. Like I see the, these people running around who are much younger than I am. Uh, and I wonder, like, did I look like a baby when I used to come out here all the time? Like, <laughs> and they, and I also, you know, I feel like oh, I, now I feel a little bit silly being here in a way, cause it, it, I feel a little bit out of place. Uh, plus, you know, just like happens in the movie, a lot of my favorite places, the places that I, my stomping grounds where I like grew up, they've closed, they're gone forever. All, all we have left are memories. There's a lot of new places that have popped up, but they've got a new vibe. You know, it's just not the same place. So. I really related to this character sort of revisiting um, the life he once had and the places he once knew uh, and, the, and even the people he once knew and how things have become so different. And it's, it's hard to know where your place is in it now. Um, and I guess that's a, that's in general, a part of aging though, uh, as well. You know, you, you, if you revisit those places, you it really strikes you how different things are and how different you are they say you can never go home again. And that's why. So, uh, yeah, by the end of it, I, I really loved it. I thought it was extremely poignant, very beautifully done. And I thought it was very subtle too. I thought the script was, was very good. Uh, because, you know, even like halfway through it, I, I remember thinking, I don't know, not a lot is ha- exactly happening. There's not a lot of meat on the bones, but by the end of it, I, I realized all the like subtle turns that had happened. And, uh, the beautiful way the story was sort of tied together and really appreciated it. So, those are my initial comments, and uh, now I will turn to other fogies to hear what they have to say about the film. Let's start with Takiya. Okay, yeah, um, don't talk with your mouthful,
3: full, <laughs> as I pop a big old carrot in my mouth. Um, <laughs> I really like this film. I was yay, um, by when the oh. This will be, you'll getting a good rating. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't getting a
4: bad rating. Happy here. birthday, Eric. <laughs> Yay! I wasn't
3: Happy birthday. In the past, because I hated your movie. I mean, it, it had to do with... I know, I know. The because, like, it's one of the Anyway. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I like the fact that it was, um, like, it, it wasn't like, I guess wild like crazy partying um drag queens and all the s- glitter glamour which could be fun but it i guess i didn't know what to expect like i i like the fact that it was um a dramatic dramedy i saw that is a word i saw somewhere dramedy i like that um very poignant emotional um yeah i like the fact that it didn't have like wild sex scenes it was just nah. very Tasteful. I just saying because I, I mean it, it, it fit with the whole plot. You know, because sometimes I mean, some I'm giggling go, at
0: what you apparently expected from the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm
3: not, I'm not sure. No, not so much. I I just I guess uh, you know other movies involving you know like like drag queens or whatnot. And, and like I said, I'm not saying they're all wild and crazy. No, no. um It was a nice. Uh, it was a nice. I'm using the word Eric point It was a nice point story that went along with. Um, the idea of passing of time, what, what it used to be. I remember, I feel that way too, uh, being an eighties baby and nineties and how the world has changed and all this stuff. So, so I can relate with him in a way too, You know, with um, how things used to be. And then now it's kind of like gone, replaced with what's there now. And uh, almost like a, like a new world, you know? Um, I had some not, some notes about this, let's see. Um, yeah, I felt sorry for him. Um, obviously, I, I was happy with, for him in the end that he got to, even though he almost didn't do it, he almost didn't um, make her up because he was, I think she he you know, shouldn't she, she come to his, his partner's funeral and all this stuff but he, he kind of put that aside and said, okay, I'm here for this. I travel I traveled across you know I traveled far to get to this point to make her up like, like her, that dying wish here was named rita yeah so i like that um um and then i had a lot of favorite scenes maybe we'll get to that as, as everybody else talks but i especially love the um oh i'm sorry i liked how everything i like how he his, he had different encounters throughout the day i really liked that i like i liked that everything was different from he jumped up with children to the black hair salon which i thought was fun because i grew up going to a black hair salon and a lot of them are like that yeah (laughs) with the the fun atmosphere and the ladies and all so um every I like how every scene had a a thing a a a, um something different happened with each encounter he had in the town heading up to heading up to the funeral to do her hair
0: to do her makeup and hair so I really like that aspect of it yeah, I can um, comment on that real quick so in yeah. case you have something to say about it and maybe people yeah. who come after you but yeah the other way I, I liked that and I think what they were doing was like at each stop he sort of collects something yes. about himself it, like he reclaims yeah. something about himself until like when we see him at the end he's basically finally become himself again yeah um, and it takes visiting each of these places to sort of get something from each one Yes. and I, I thought that was very beautiful. That's part of the subtlety of the script, I think, that I enjoyed.
3: And two, yeah, yeah, it, 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 I, yeah, that that's that's definitely what how I feel. And then um, I, I love the, the. I don't know if she's getting the scenes right now. Um, okay, the last scene where he had her shoes on. Oh man, yeah. it was like so inspected. And for a while, it's kind of annoyed. Like he, you know, earlier on, he got this suit on and everything. But, yeah, he kept his orthopedic shoes on. Like, why don't you get some? some, you know, more fancy rhinestone sequin shoes at the thrift store. I was surprised he that he stole from- them out of was her it- coffin, though, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right off <laughs> of her feet. I think he was owed. And who's going to see her beautiful shoes in the coffin anyway? Well, and her
4: grandson knew exactly what those were. Well, yeah, and he was upset by it. But yeah. it but yeah. I love yeah. his
0: little <laughs> laugh. He didn't care. He was like, I get it. Like, yes. <laughs> yes, Yes, <laughs> queen. Yeah, this-
3: <laughs> I commented what I was saying about that in the thrift store he, he got you know into him his old self but then then changed his orthopedic shoes like why did he do that so again that, that was it was cool to finally see that he, he was made complete after he died everything was complete for him head to toe so and then also in spirit mind body type thing he's kind of at peace with himself so I really enjoyed this movie it was really good yay
0: thank <laughs> you <laughs> So let us now go to Shelly.
2: Yay! Um, so there are lots of parts of this movie that I liked, and a lot, and some that I, it's not that I didn't like it. I enjoyed watching it. It was just I I felt like a bit confused. Um, I was confused as if whether we were supposed to imagine that this all actually happened to him, or some of it was in his head. And I know obviously some of the things he was imagining. But I kind of found that confusing. Like when he was talking to Eunice, I wasn't expecting Eunice to be dead. You know I was, what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so then I thought, well, then as the movie, oh, and then when he put the light on his head and he was dancing and then it exploded and he was in the hospital. And I thought, well, was, was, is he in the, like, is this gonna, is this, mo- I, kept, I thought the movie was going to end with him in the nursing home. And he had actually oh. imagined oh. the whole thing.
0: I was worried a couple of times, especially when they did a, like a flashback oh. to him in the nursing home, in, in, you know, back in his original outfit. I thought, oh gosh. Well, yeah, because they kept journalist? going
2: back to that. And so I kept thinking, is this really happening? Um, so was it really happening? Hey Shelley, can I? I, I believe
4: ask, it was. Can I ask a question? Because you brought up the Eunice thing in the conversation, yeah. like that shocked me as well that he wasn't actually there and he was dead. Yeah. But then I questioned the fact that Eunice explained to him about kind of hooking up online, and like how oh you'll be surprised, like the younger guys like this. And I'm like, if that was all in his mind,
0: how did he know that? Because he acted like Eunice was teaching him that. Oh. I think he. Um, I think he already knows about, about that stuff and what he, he was picturing what his friend Eunice would be like if Eunice had survived. And ex- be the one to explain it now. Like I this guess is so. who he would be like he wanted to um, like you know right. like some of the one of the saddest things about somebody passing that you're really close to is that they'll never get to see certain milestones they'll never become mm-hmm. certain people that's one of the saddest parts and so it's kind of like you know they lo- like He probably lost Eunice. I think it was 1994, right? So a long time ago. Yeah. So,
4: so there was like so the many two men and the baby and never
0: become. You know.
4: So he saw the two men and the baby, and probably imagined what his conversation with Eunice would have been like. <laughs> like, had Eunice gotten <clears throat> this.
0: And- Although I, one funny thing I will say about that is, we didn't know until the very end of that scene that Eunice wasn't actually there with them, and so then I thought to myself, "Oh my gosh, these." these two dads playing catch with the kid, uh, were, they, were they not really concerned about the strangely dressed man drinking an entire bottle of Crown Royal I know. and watching them? <laughs> I'd be like, what is the deal? <laughs> this seems
4: unsafe. <laughs> and oftentimes when they have these imaginary conversations, is the entire conversation in their head or are they actually sitting there talking as if the person's there? So are these two dads seeing him sitting there staring at them and just talking? I think he was talking about what <laughs> I do. Because he's like there a few the, other times. I was like, sorry, <laughs>
3: T'Kia, go ahead. <laughs> I got to rush, rush in there. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I, no, I, I like the. I like the scene, it was a very creative scene. I thought it brought a bit of creativity to the movie. You know, it, like everything else is kind of happening as it's going and then this scene, oh, we thought it was real for a while. Yeah, she came out the bathroom, but then, oh, this was a this was just a... So it, 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 the element of surprise, I think it, it mixed the movie up really well with, with well, that. Yeah, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, I sense. guess
4: it could have been obvious in the sense of what we saw with um, Taxi Driver. Like at the very end, how convenient oh, yeah. is it for him mm-hmm. to drive up and she's the one who gets in his taxi? Yeah.
0: You know, how convenient is it that he goes and
4: knocks on the bathroom
0: door and Eunice is and, there? yeah. <laughs> I I did think that was implausible, which kind of makes sense that it actually wasn't true. Yeah. So, two, I'll say two things about that before we go back to Shelley to finish out. Uh, And one is the fact that I, I, it was the funniest thing to me. I think the funniest part of this entire movie was the fact that he would just walk up to basically every public bathroom and (laughs) scream Eunice because that's the only place he expected to find Eunice. Like, that's hysterical. (laughs) Um, And I think we all have friends like that, or at least I do. Um, and then the second thing was um, for me, the Eunice thing, um, you know, sometimes it can be maybe annoying that it turns out to not be real, but, but I think that it was an important part of the, the emotion of the story, because it points out the fact that if you're a certain a man, a gay man of a certain age, a little bit older than Fahad and I, for instance, but, uh, but even us, you know, we're touched by it a little bit. You went through a period where you kind of, you know, not us, but people other than us lost everyone that they knew. And it would be really, I think it would be really nice for, for Pat to think, Oh, he had at least one really great friend who survived. But, but in reality, Pat's at the end of his life and everyone he has ever known, including his best friends and his partners, they're all gone. Like he he didn't get to keep any of it. And that's the, the, and other people did get to keep stuff like Rita. She got to have a full life family. She, she died with all her riches and her reputation. And he's alone in a nursing home with no friends who are still alive, uh, no love Except
2: for the woman that he did her hair, the woman that he would put the cigarette in her mouth.
0: Oh, oh yeah. he... yes, yes, yep. Yeah. So anyway, so Shelly, sorry. So
2: then I, I got to feeling bad, badly, that he see he was in, I mean, I don't know what his ailment was. What that made his nose start bleeding? Did, I forget, did they explain that in the beginning? They don't, it may have just been age. So um, he seemed to be doing so well and had a lot to offer at the end. So why was he in the nursing home? I wanted to know why. So I guess that's I yeah. wanted to know his backstory as to why he was, because he could still fix hair. He could still walk for miles and miles and um, yeah. he still had a lot to offer. Maybe that was what the point part of the point of the whole movie was was um he had to learn i mean i really liked i really really liked when he was talking to her grandson at the end and he and the grandson said to him um you meant i didn't even know you but you touched my life Uh, that was like oh i i I liked
0: That was such a wonderful ending i'll talk yeah. more about that later but, and uh,
2: then my second favorite part was when when um when he heard you Un- when he got to heaven and he heard eunice and um his partner that was so sweet yeah um, anyway okay so i have more to say but we can kick it over um, to the,
0: someone else. the the follow-up on that i'll say is that i feel like um well it may have been the smoking like maybe there was something going on because of his lifetime of smoking uh, and that was what actually uh, happened him. but him. Um, but as far I as- I hated the virus, it- uh, Oh, sorry.
2: No, just to do with the smoking. I hated it when the nurse or whoever took his cigarettes away from him. Like he only had like, this one thing. Just yeah, let him
0: have it. Yeah, don't people at that age in those circumstances just deserve then, to do whatever they want? Yes. Maybe they die early, but maybe at well, least- what is his
2: quality of life where he has no friends and he's just stuck in, you know, just yeah. let him have
0: it. Um, but I, I also feel like there, one of the reasons he may have been in the home is it seemed like the movie showed us that he has a, a tendency, like maybe early, early dementia, like, because, because, you know, imagining Eunice, he may have actually imagined Eunice and, and he there were times when he would also sort of go into a fugue state and memories would get, you know, he'd have these flashback memories and sort of get uh, become unsteady. That's why I
2: questioned
0: whether the whole thing was real or not. It, it may, I think most of it was real, except the parts where it was obviously sort of these uh, memories getting jumbled or imagining Eunice and things like that. I think the rest of it happened, but I, I, it feels like he just des- he decided to put all of the energy he had left into this mm-hmm. last day and a half, uh, which killed him, but at least he was able to like figure out who he was again before it happened and, and be happy, but okay. So um, let's go to Ruth next. Alrighty well um
1: I liked it I thought at first it was kind of started off slow like we all said but then I liked how you kind of you know started to learn more about him and his story but one thing I was thinking of is um when he's in the uh in his room at the nursing home so I see okay he's got a few napkins and he swipes some when he's in that other i guess rec area and then all of a sudden he's looking for his stuff i'm like what is the deal with the napkins and of course i'll I'll talk about more stuff but was that just his like his only other thing he had to do then too or something for like like,
3: those those board or something like that's all he had to do
5: yeah i wasn't sure about that either
0: i had a point where i thought that um because he was a hairdresser you know who used their hands you know at like an artist yeah that um, maybe he was trying to, it was just a way for him to keep up his dexterity to do the careful folds. Uh, and so he would do it all day, every day, just because he didn't want to lose that ability in his hands. Or maybe it helps with arthritis.
1: <laughs> he was a napkin hoarder,
0: but- Do um. yeah. you know, any of you have arthritis yet? Can you tell us? <laughs> <laughs> no, none of the fogies have arthritis yet. Okay.
1: I have some in my lower back, but do you? yeah. Um... <laughs> Just a little, my my just hands don't. get
0: a bit stiff, but you know, I, I pop them a lot, especially when, and I did it even more when I was younger. And my dad used to tell me, you shouldn't do that. You're going to get like arthritis. And, and oh, it yeah. kind of began, panicked me for a minute. But then I was like, I can't stop. I need these. Indoors. Keep on doing <laughs> it. Okay. Um,
1: what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. And he did the napkins too. I know we talked about it when he was at the bar and he was talking to that kid at the gay bar. Which, that was funny he loves his napkins <laughs>
0: um, that um that bartender i mean he was he was uh ultimately a nice guy but um but he is like sort of this new generation of gay who just takes yes. everything for granted <laughs> yeah. and, and he's kind of like okay whatever like i mean even his bar is closing oh. that he works at and the only gay bar in town and, and he's like know, oh, this is what happens and it's like dude like <laughs> where's your stand up and your get up and go
3: yeah he- he annoyed me when he had the phone sitting there, like in his Face like you know, okay, I'm in my world. i you know, like like Pat's talking to him, and there's this, he's just sitting there in front of his face with his phone. Like that's all more he
0: care about than hearing Pat talk. I don't know. I don't know. If you guys mean, like, at least he was still super kind, and I, um, uh- and he still communicated. But that's <laughs> something I will say about. Sorry, before you say Fahad, something I'll say about the whole movie is that in this little town, it seemed like everyone was a little nicer than I think people would be in reality do you know so, what I was, <laughs> oh it seemed a little surprising to me that all these strangers would just absolutely embrace and be kind and
4: oh I,
0: I feel like that's not necessarily accurate especially in a place like that hmm.
1: but that's that's
0: just my feeling i was
1: wondering if that was like a thing of how far at least in his town that we've come along from the 80s and 90s and then maybe i wouldn't have thought it would be that kind either but at least maybe it's a way to show a little bit of the fact that
0: we've obviously gotten a lot better maybe sandusky ohio is maybe sandusky ohio is like a heaven on earth but um
1: (laughs) i
5: I don't
0: i don't think many towns of that size would see a person like pat and treat them that well
1: well i guess i did i did uh, a memory just came back with um when he goes in that lady's shop and um, she said how great he was and she was like assuming he didn't know who she was but I thought it was so cool that he
0: remembered who she was. And yeah. I love that scene too. Of so an cool. impact, yeah. That he remembered everything about her and it really like made her day. Everyone wants to be remembered, you know? Everyone, everyone wants to feel like they're special. And when somebody yeah. treats you like that, um, yeah, it's a really wonderful thing to, to give somebody what was the haircut he gave her who what whose was it oh i can't remember now oh damn it's like a pageboy thing but what'd she call it it was a an, like an actress's, like the oh uh, and, uh something hamill um dorothy hamill it was dorothy a dorothy hamill, hamill. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's cool
1: oh and the other thing with we're talking about like the flashbacks and stuff um when he was like talking to eunice or when he was talking to um what was the lady that that he was friends with her name again? Rita?
4: Rita or?
1: Rita, or like how they would show up and I'm thinking like he's having, he's imagining what they would say, like y'all were saying, or then I thought, well, were there ghosts just randomly appearing, like interacting with them, you know? Well, I
2: thought he was just imagining it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, probably I I would pay attention. I remember paying attention to the script, especially for Linda Evans, because, you know, she just passed and uh, paying attention to every word she's saying, saying to myself, okay, now this has to come from his mind. It can't be anything, she can't be giving him any like new information or secrets. And I think she didn't, like she basically said what, (laughs) it was basically like him working out in his head how to forgive her.
4: Right. And
0: don't don't we all have conversations like that in our own heads? Like we have these mock (laughs) arguments with people in our lives and we think like, what would I say? And then what would they say? (laughs) And sometimes we come to an understanding in our own head about it. Like, okay, I guess maybe I'm being difficult, you know?
1: well, I'm happy at least he came at peace with that at the end. And I feel like um, he got some of that stuff accomplished and off his, you know, that's not, not something that he has to worry about anymore. And um, yeah, came at peace with that stuff. And then with David, I was thinking, um, was that supposed to be Pat who was doing the planting or was he imagining David do it? Because then David. when he got down or he wanted to be down beside him and... Act like he was doing it with them.
0: Like, yeah, that was David. So yeah. he was he was remembering working in the garden with David.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, Shelly said too. I was just I was happy for him when he reunited with them um after he passed. So, yes. but yeah, I guess that's all <sighs> enough
0: for me thank for you. now. Or where <laughs> we should go? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> thank thank you, Ruth. <laughs> so the last on the list is Fahad.
4: Thank you. Um, so I will say that the first like three quarters of this movie, I was like, this is so depressing. I, I, I don't I, I'm very sad watching this. And <laughs> and especially the first like 20 minutes really just depressed me and made me scared of getting old and made me feel terrible for the people in that nursing home. <clears throat> One of the worst scenes was the, the, the women sitting at the table and Um, One lady asked the other lady um, If she likes the book that she's reading And she says no And she's like well why are you reading And she's like it's the only thing I have to do That I can do And I was just like oh my god Because you all know how I hate reading And I think like (laughs) there's nothing else you can (laughs) do You might have to read in your 80s But then I was like thank god Like we have streaming and we have all that stuff Hopefully nursing homes (laughs) will start having like Netflix and all But it was still Very bleak depressing to show you like this is the life that some people are living right now oh, yeah. and i was then thinking like how do people end up in some types of nursing homes versus others like how does he afford to be in this one versus affording to be in a worse one or a better one and i didn't know how all that works but it's just depressing to think like at any point at some point we could all be there and i was just like boy this movie is like really It's less of, I know you mentioned in the beginning, Eric, like the kind of picture you painted for us of what this movie could be. I was like, this is the exact opposite. (laughs) I'm like, this is a very bleak movie about growing old and the horrors that come with that. And it's very depressing. And it's not the fun kind of romp that I was thinking it was going to be with flashing back to the glorious, like 60s, 70s, 80s. And, you know, even if it was showing how he was at a young age and growing up gay and how hard it was, it still might've had some other parts to it too. But I was like, whoa, this is none of that. Um, And as you said, though, it was a lot of the scenes were very subtle in what was going on. It was a slow burner, but then it did pick up, you know, he goes to the bar, they have the drag show. They, um, he helps the drag queen with her hair. He then comes out in the lampshade, like you were talking about, Shelley. And I did wonder, like, was that his imagination? Like, I was like, how is it turning on and off? Like, does did he like hook it up to a battery pack? Or like, there were so many questions I had on the mechanics of that working that I was like, did he like slip somewhere else? And he just imagined he was on there and that's how he hurt himself. Cause that's a, I mean, a man walking around with a chandelier on his head and it malfunctions and electrocutes his head and like, like that's so random. I think tomorrow
0: is a say-something hat day. Yeah, (laughs) it is. (laughs) It's a little surreal. I could give people who are (laughs) wondering, was that real? And the actual scene of him
4: walking out with the shit, I was like, what am I looking at? Um, (laughs) But like you said, it was a slow burner and it then picked up in terms of like becoming a bit more feel good in Mm -hmm. that the depression stuff kind of turned around and you saw that this was really a chance for him to reclaim who he was before he passed away and like takia i think you hit it on the um head completely perfectly where you said at the end when he was kind of carried out his body he was dressed head to toe as himself so and those are like eric you said like those pieces he was picking up along the way to make him whole again so once you see it at the end in that journey it makes you realize oh okay but those 20 minutes in the beginning were a Shock to the system and a wake up call of like, oh my god, being old is very depressing. Yeah, and I thought you would be sad. Scary,
3: but she, the way he peed out of wheelchairs—it's it's like, all like, depressing.
4: All of that was scary. Yeah. That yeah. She just sat there, and,
3: and that was, was not even—that
4: had nothing to do even with the nursing home. That made me think, yeah. like, oh my god. At some point, I could get to the point where I can't control my bodily functions. It's, yeah, it's and like, I'm like, oh, um, what is she <laughs> thinking? Cause she obviously appreciated him doing her hair. Like, there's some of her still there. So, how does she feel when that
0: happens?
4: She was I, really
0: I, em- embarrassed. Like you could see well, a little bit of yeah. embarrassment. But
4: yeah, and but like what I, I understand that, but I meant like, but what is the full feel? Like that it's just to go through that, just knowing that you're sitting there and it's just happening and you can't control it. And I put myself in that place and I'm like, oh, this is not at all what movie I was expecting to be watching.
0: (laughs) Uh Guys, I, I honestly am hoping like daily that for people in our age group, that science is gonna save us from all this. That by the time we hit that age, if it's 20, 30, 40 years, that science will have figured out how to like stop us from aging or fix all our problems and that we won't have to deal with it because it is terrifying, especially for like, I'm not going to have children. So there's not going to be anyone to take care of me. I'll probably just be alone. Just like Pat, when I'm at that age, like people will have died. There won't be anyone left to take care of me. Apparently we're all dying before Eric dies. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Well, well, I know I'm pretty destructive, so maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this, um, I, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of nursing homes. I'm, we've all seen a lot of nursing homes in movies and TV. But this, I think it was the first one where I, it, where I remember thinking in one scene when they were showing like the hallway in his room, I remember thinking, oh no, I, I can't end up in anywhere like this. I cannot. I'm going to have to find a way to end up in a really nice, I don't know, like community. Margaritaville? Personal, yeah, something. It's got to be, yeah, it's got to be different because this, I will kill myself.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. no, it must be hard to
2: be in y'all's age group don't worry Uh-oh. my my generation will save you all <laughs> <laughs> okay to, uh, socially,
0: you've got um you've got five kids you only need one to take care of you can the rest of us have the others <laughs> <laughs> you <wanna borrow> one? <laughs> well takia will have cam that's good mm-hmm. but for fahad ruth and i i'm not sure we're gonna have people to- <laughs> <laughs> well you have
1: um stephanie's kid right
0: Oh, yeah. She's
1: her, Stephanie. What? Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> Harry. If my,
0: well, my, my, my sister has her PhD in, uh, well, I'm probably going to butcher that. I think it's fem- chemical pharmacology, but she studies cells and the evolution oh. of cells. And so I told her, like, when she got her PhD, I was like, okay, now that you're going to graduate, I need you to switch gears and start studying aging. I need you to save me. <laughs> 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 she hasn't done it yet, but. <laughs> oh. Maybe she'll have an <laughs> accidental breakthrough with what she's doing in her labs these days.
4: Even if yeah. aging happens, whatever, um, just all the other stuff that comes with it, like incontinence, just watching that happen is just like, and Very dementia true. and Alzheimer's, like all those things that you are no longer in control. God, are yourself. you trying
2: to give me a panic attack
4: tonight? <laughs> That's amazing. what
0: this movie did to me.
4: <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. You should have showed up to this podcast recording with your beard suddenly colored. <laughs> like you're having a midlife <laughs> crisis now. It's a midlife official. crisis. I have to pretend I am not this old. No.
1: Gosh. I guess I'm going to start having hot flashes soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh.
0: I just watched an episode of Picket Fences where somebody who just turned 40 started menopause and she was angry about it. She was like, I'm only 40. This is not possible. <laughs> but it is possible.
1: Oh, it's
2: it is is also beautiful. possible
0: to at like 25. Oh, wow. Yeah, true.
3: that poor person. That's awful. I had a kid close to forty, so that's
0: interesting. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, so I wanted to mention a more happier scene. Ari, uh, yeah, <laughs> the club scene. That was like a very breakthrough point for me because it was like the. Epitome of happiness and joy, and I heard Robin, and I was like, "Ooh, now I want to get that song now because it just watching a movie did something different. It does something. You ever watched this? You ever heard a song? Obviously, you didn't like it, or you were kind of, yeah, that's good. Then you hear the movie, like, "Ooh, I gotta get that.
4: I gotta get that. You didn't so, like uh, made, this made you um, a
3: fan? Not as much as like I, I do now. I, I like oh, you, oh, you okay. like something, but maybe like you don't, know, you know, whereas like now, ooh, I'm gonna rush out and." But I get Um,
0: it. There's songs I've heard that I wasn't a big fan of, but then I heard them live, like at a concert that I went to. And suddenly I'm like, oh, I was sleeping on this. I didn't understand how good it was. I had to see it in that atmosphere. Just to remind
4: me, was it dancing on my own? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So
0: I liked that whole club
3: scene because it was just like, he was finally like, remember you know he he was in his element and you know vibrant happy he was dancing and felt happy for the first time ever since after leaving the home and that his own home was destroyed it was demolished and all and one sad thing after another and then here I am back in the heyday here and he's even dancing with the young people and everybody was kind of you know together as one dance it, it was just it was just kind of
0: fun he was he was just just so happy i like i like that nostalgic too because i mean i've obviously been out to many gay bars recent you know in recent years but that reminded me specifically of the first one that i used to go to for years when i was in college and it was a little shithole small town gay bar with like a dance floor and there were crazy characters that were there every night and (laughs) i really missed that and everyone was just you would just jump on the dance floor with everyone and just like nobody cared and it was really beautiful Oh. And there's not a whole lot of that in a place like DC where, you know, basically every guy who goes out is like a model and <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> a impressive jobs and money and it, sometimes it gets a little annoying. It's not exactly Gay, the same. gay
3: and straight. Like every, every they're all the yeah.
0: like, Every, every men and women, every, out there. What's up yeah. with that? <laughs> yeah. I did wonder, uh, well, it actually just occurred to me. I, I think the budget for this movie was very, very small. But, so I wonder how they got that song in the movie because some, I mean, it all depends on your, their conversation with like the label and the artist. Like if they want a certain song they have to start that negotiation. So some songs you can you know be surprised to get for like only a little bit of money but some songs cost like like tens of thousands or I think some, in some cases even millions of dollars to to get the rights to put them in your movie.
3: Oh, and yeah. that's a
0: very, very big song. that's yeah. Very big for Robin. Made tons of money. So I wonder what the negotiation was for them to be able to put it in the movie. And I would like to think that Robin was just like, you know what, take it, because because of the like subject matter or, or you know what the movie's plot was. I mean, or maybe it cost. Maybe she was like, we're not going to charge very much. You can just use it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, because this- I, there because that's a very big song for a little movie like this to get.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also want to note that I, I like the fact that it was a song like this where you, you felt the whole dance floor in the past where versus the typical, um, the, the Euro pop stuff that yeah. you want. <laughs> if, if, if they had played something like that, I, it would kind have of cheapened it for me. I like that they did this. This, this was, yeah, th- this was just fun. I, I felt even just my, being my 20s and 30s going to the club, you know? Yeah, so, um, yeah. I like this. This song fit with the moment. It, it wasn't Euro pop. It was this was great.
4: Anyway, I'm well, done. It, it, it kind it, it, of was it, it, Euro pop because she's a pop artist from Europe, um <laughs> but it, it wasn't no. the typical like club dance music that you were. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: This was. It wasn't like
4: electro or electronic kind of music, or it was fun. Game. Yeah. It, it's like the repetitive stuff that you guys hear at the gay club, like the repetitive. When you yeah. get, like a, when you get a, a CD single and they have the dance mix on it, which is like yeah. eight minutes and they only like
0: yeah. say the song title once. Yeah, it's
1: like, yeah, it's the same I thing. Hate those.
0: Or, or they just repeat, it's Britney bitch every two minutes. Yeah. And, it's, <laughs> and it's a 10 minute song. So like, oh my God. The best version ass, of give me I more ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was <Yeah>. running about. <laughs> okay, so
3: <laughs> I almost wanted to wear. <laughs>
0: I, I think that we were in middle of, were of, the middle
4: of Fahad's. So. <laughs> yeah, we were. Um, so I was just saying that it was very bleak and it was a slow burner, um, but then it picked itself up, and I think it uh, it you you understood what the point of the movie was it wasn't just meant to be something that really depresses you. Um, <laughs> and it actually was, in a very, very roundabout way, it became kind of a feel-good movie. Um, it,
5: yeah.
4: And also, like you said, Eric, the, a lot of the people along the way were unrealistically to an extent nice and open and good towards him um, that you wouldn't have actually expected. Um, there were little moments, but like I thought it could have become worse, like when he was asking for cigarettes at the convenience store that gas station and the guy's like oh your wife still smokes these okay i didn't i didn't know where that was gonna go but then when you found out he did the gas attendant guy didn't act rudely or
0: eat nothing and it was like oh yeah i was worried because he was the type i was like oh he's gonna start getting hateful or something but Um, when he walked into
4: the hair salon the the atmosphere changed immediately when they were looking at him and when they first started talking to each other, I was like, oh, this could become bad. But it yeah. didn't. Um, then totally. when he goes to, like, look at his old house and it's all gone, I was like, oh, something's going to blow up between him and his neighbors because they talked about how overgrown it was. But they turned out to be really cool and they packed him a lunch. Goodbye. And I was like, OK, yeah, so, like yeah. it was like all these feel good <laughs> kind of like the kids inviting him to come and jump rope with him and. You know, yeah. he ripped and almost died, I felt
0: like. I forgot about that scene, but I wanted to point out, did you notice that it was a group of girls, but there was one boy? Yeah. That was me on the playground. I was the one <gasps> boy double dutching with the girls. <laughs> and I was like, and, oh, there's a little, there's a baby gay there. And he's the one oh. that invited him
4: to come and jump rope with exactly. them. Exactly,
0: I was like, see, that's part of the subtlety of the script showing you that like, things are a lot better for, for gays of all ages than they were for poor Pat when he was coming up but it it, is really wonderful but
4: the realism like would that have really happened along the way and also what if the parents all of a sudden saw their kids calling this old man over to come play with like i (laughs) was thinking that too there's this older man staring at this group of kids yeah jump
2: roping
0: dressed very strangely
2: well (laughs) jennifer coolidge was horrid to him yeah. i loved her she did a great job she was so yeah.
4: mean she was very mean the way she acted towards him when he came to pick the shampoo or whatever it was what the hell he was product. gonna steal was it, gonna it from her Viva. yeah he was gonna steal yeah. it but then she really made him feel beneath her yeah in that and that whole scene um
3: he taught and, her too it wasn't she was better than him. After she,
2: she, she he, opened up the shop across from him and took away all of his
4: yeah big uh, clients. Um, but she did admit that at the end that she couldn't do her hair and okay. he needed to be the one to do it. Did um, you guys
3: think that she already did it when she came out? I was like, ooh, that that.
0: Oh, uh, I was worried for a split second. Yeah, I was like, yeah,
3: oh. Yeah. But she got here
0: early so that she could take this from him. That's, That's not not cool. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and I immediately felt for her because you could see the grief on her face. Like she, she did. She hated seeing her friend that way. Also, she she wanted a mutual friend to, to make mm. it better. You know.
4: But also, how did he remember exactly where he threw the bag out from the, the cab? (laughs) Uh, Um, His unicorn bag. (laughs) Yeah, he knew exactly (laughs) where to go to pick it back up. Like a day later or something. You know, it's like there's yeah it's a plot hole maybe and maybe. that it was still there i, I don't know was a funny little cheap plot hole you yeah. <laughs> but i'm not trying to find plot holes in it i'm just saying there is like <laughs> it, it like i said a roundabout way it became a feel-good movie but it was partly due to the unrealistic feel-good moments along the way um but that at least was a nice contrast to the stark depressing opening of the real reality of being old in a nursing home so i haven't fully i don't want to on... be
2: in a nursing home if i can walk like that that much
4: mm-hmm. i know that's the other thing he walks care like, of myself i yeah. want to
2: not be in a nursing home.
1: yeah at least you get a scooter for a little while <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: <okay>. i love <laughs> the He's scene driving of it on the road that was hilarious <laughs> oh, that I a... to
4: that.
0: note to that scene oh, i mean no. at
4: some point you get to a point in your age where you just don't give a give a s <laughs> you know
0: so yeah that's always been my dream i said like I, when i get that old i want to just be get real weird with it i want to yeah. i want to fuck with people like just mess around because they just because they give you a pass if you're that old and you just can get away with a lot of crap and it's like why not like yeah enjoy it like especially are, like, for him
4: he only he only had like a day left to live he didn't know it but <laughs> yeah
0: i
2: think i think he might have that's my theory.
4: he could feel that, that makes
2: me depressed as well <laughs> like he finally <laughs> Was able to get all you know him his whole self back together. I wanted him kind. Of, I don't know. I wanted him to like enjoy it. Yeah, and do people's hair again, make whatever. That want. would have
4: been nice to see him being able to start yeah. up his salon yeah. again or something. But um, so yeah. so
2: I have, or at really least like I, I pictured him in the nursing home doing all those ladies' hair like yeah. thing, like he was gonna-
4: <laughs> um. But yeah, so overall, I haven't fully landed on where exactly I am with the movie. I'm still kind of like going back and forth um, just because, as you all can tell, I was very um, affected by the first like 20 minutes. <laughs> and, yeah, was and, just, <laughs> and just so you all know, I did watch this like the first week we were supposed to watch it. For those of you listening, we had to postpone recording this by two weeks. Um so I've been sitting on that depression, and that opening 20 minutes for like three What? Weeks. And, and at the same time, I've been going through, you know, I'm changing jobs. I got a new job going through all this stuff. And I was like, that stuff didn't phase me at all. But this thinking of like, oh my God, 20, 30 years from now. That's oh, scary. It? <laughs> scary. Can
2: who we does? all
0: just move into the same community and have like suites off of a nice courtyard?
2: I was, I was going to say that earlier. <laughs> can we at least be in the same place? I don't want to be alone.
0: Yeah, let's you at least have,
2: place. like,
4: because even though you have your kids and stuff, they're not going to be with you all the time. They don't want me.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'll <laughs> buy you guys all napkins. <laughs> no, we should definitely, I mean, I, have like, they do have, like, nice retirement communities. They, where they have, Like, a nice little house or a condo. And that's what
2: I wanted him to be in, like, in the retirement like, a community. Like, yeah. a
4: assisted living not necessarily like a home where they control every aspect yeah but he lost yeah that's the thing he lost all his money so we need to make sure we're all good about our retirements and
2: and you can buy insurance you can buy retirement in home insurance that you can
4: okay yeah yeah or let's just you know i'll play the lottery (laughs) and then whoever wins buy a plot of land build little villas for (laughs) all of us (laughs) a traveling nurse coming
1: (laughs) i thought you meant like a plot i was like that's
3: even worse
4: not a a cemetery plot (laughs) I thought, I thought it made two Ruth, I'm talking about getting old, not dying. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> that's like you really
1: are about to jump off the bridge. That, that's how we. That's how we get
0: weird with it when we're old. Let's make all the villas look like mausoleums, and the joke will be like, "We're going to be dead soon anyway. We're already living in our." Well, tomb.
4: it's like presidents in their libraries. You know, they're buried at their libraries. Sometimes, um, they have their caskets there. So we we'll all have our caskets in these houses we've purchased. Good luck to the people that buy them after we die.
0: Yeah, uh, what else? Uh, oh, I, I was gonna say I <clears throat> I thought that the, the humor was very dry and subtle throughout. But I mean, there were parts I laughed out loud at, but m- more it was, there were the clever parts, like him stealing the shoes at the end. <laughs> and then um, oh, uh, oh, yeah. Michael Urie's least... uh, laughter about it. I was like, that's just, what a perfect little moment. Very funny. Uh, mm-hmm. and then there were moments like one, one of my favorites was, uh, well, of course the screaming Eunice at every public bathroom, hysterical. <laughs> uh, but like when he goes into the black salon and, and uh, and he's about to leave and he's in, looking in the mirror and what is the line? He's like, uh, Irma, Irma doesn't miss a thing. Irma oh, doesn't yeah. miss a thing, bitch, she's... because she's dead. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love it. But Cause they all laughed too, but they all thought that that was, uh, he knew his audience. Yeah. He loved it.
4: <laughs> I don't know, I thought that was still risky because like if they held her to such it high regard just... they could have been very
0: offended by that.
4: Oh yeah.
0: Uh, um, so I have a few notes so we can pick back up uh, on a few things. Let me bring them up. Oh, that's not where they are. Um, sorry. Uh, oh, I'm wasting time now. Eric, <clears throat> did you forget where it is? Is oh, that a kind up. of aging? I've so, had a terrible memory my entire life, but it has gotten worse. And actually, <laughs> within the last couple of weeks, I've gotten a little, actually just the last week, I've gotten a little scared just because I've forgotten, um, like I'll be watching a show and I'm like, oh, I know that actor and I cannot remember the name or why I know them. <laughs> and it, that happens frequently, but this week it was like five or six of them. And I'm like, oh my God, why am? It, why are all these facts just leaving my brain? I don't know what oh. else is- Replacing them well, maybe nothing maybe just i'm losing my mind but so I, I got a little freaked out about it so um but i blame sobriety because i didn't drink for the last like four days which is like a record and Good. and i think that it affected me oh! <laughs> okay so uh based on my notes here oh i was gonna say like on the subject of him this this i think takia touched on this earlier that the part of the movie is about looking at like uh Uh, a length of time like many many decades and how things have changed and and from his perspective because I felt this too a few times I can see it's very easy to become resentful of the kind of life that people are able to live today Uh, especially if they don't even know like what they haven't earned it somebody had to go through the pain for them and now they get they have it a little easier and the fact, you know, if you reach a certain age and you think like, I wish I could go back to my 20s and have it the way that people have it now, but you can't. And nobody seems to recognize like the contribution that you made to that. They've forgotten you and they've forgotten everything that came before. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why that scene he has um, just before he dies with Michael Yuri's character, Dustin, the grandson, uh, where the grandson tells him that story about how his grandmother sat him down at fifteen and said, "Is there something that you want to to tell me about?" And then t- and then she told him about her friend Pat and his partner David, and and it, that, that was really important I think for him to hear right before he passed because it sh- it showed him in a very real personal way that that um, maybe things were always hard for him, but. He needed that very difficult friendship with with Rita when they were younger, even though she didn't treat him very well at the time. She didn't invite him to her house or her parties. She didn't treat him like a friend. She he needed to have that friendship with her so that when she got older and she had a grandchild who was gay, she handled it way better than she would have in any other case. So he affected that guy's life in a wonderful way. And he didn't even know about it. And that you know, proves that, you know, there was like a point to the pain he went through and it made things better for other people. And that even though he had a hard time with Rita, she, she did learn something really great from it and it made her life better and her, you know, her grandson's life better, obviously. So, um, I I don't know. It bothered
2: me so much when you find out that she didn't even, they were such good friends but she didn't even have him in her house that was upsetting
4: and i mean she referred to him as her as his as him being her best friend when telling stories to her grandson
0: yeah
4: and like the fact that they talked for hours every friday or whatever like and she told him it's just yeah i mean some people have that weird kind of this person she was married
2: three times to three different men that you know But the one man that, yeah, that she really cared about, she just like, oh, I don't like that. That's why they talked
0: about how, you know, in his um, fake conversation with her at at her casket, she talked about how it was a different time. And so I guess from her point of view, like in the eighties or or nineties, she felt like uh, she couldn't, like it was okay to like enjoy his company at the salon every time they would you know meet for her appointment. But he uh, wasn't the kind of person that you could bring around the rest of your friends because they would talk or they would, you know, she would, her reputation would suffer. And, of course, it's not a good choice to make. But a lot of people made that choice back then. <coughs> uh, when, and
4: part um, of, I, I was going to say, they, just, I think, oh, sorry, I was just going to say quickly, I think it was for two reasons, though, or it could be for two reasons. One is it could be because he's gay and she's ashamed to bring a gay man around everybody. Or two, he's somebody who provides a service for her. And she's yeah. ashamed bringing somebody Who's not up at her level in her mind and her friend's level, you know, saying like, oh, this is my hairdresser. Like, she might have been ashamed for that wrongly as well. Um, You don't know which it was. Uh, So anyway, Shelly, sorry to go on.
2: Did they, did they talk, did he mention when his partner died? David died?
4: Oh, was it on the- I assume
2: all the the flashbacks, that is the age, that they were the same age or similar ages- and um that was the age that he died is when you see him in the flashbacks does that make sense
0: yeah 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 and they didn't show they didn't they didn't have a different actor play him to look younger they just had him at his current age kneel down with the memory right so uh, yeah i think that the but i'm sure it was on the tombstone we probably just didn't pay attention i didn't uh, like death date because i remember seeing eunice 1994 yeah
2: i do remember that
0: Yeah, and um, I I think it was the gay thing that kept her from inviting him around, especially in a small town at that period. Like, he may have had his own little empire, as long as you reduce it to just the salon. And he had his own parties, right, with his friends. But I think other people in town may not have been as kind or accommodating. Who
2: Who was upset that he died from AIDS? Was it something, did she mention that? Did someone mention that? I thought someone was like, they were embarrassed of it or something like that.
0: Maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, like when he got sick, so so she didn't want to, she didn't want to, maybe she didn't come to visit or something like that. His so funeral? Was, maybe it's, oh, that's, that's why right. she didn't come to his funeral. Um. He didn't come to his funeral because he had, yeah, died from AIDS and it was just not, it wouldn't be appropriate. So I think it was the gay thing. It wasn't just he was help, it was.
2: Or it had to be in the 80s as well, right? Like
0: Probably, yeah. Because
2: I, I, it's become less. It's destigmatized now.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's funny. I just watched a, a Picket Fences episode, also where the town doctor is discovered to have HIV, and so he he basically gets run out of town because they don't want him to be the dentist if he has HIV. Because what if he nicks himself and then oh. he got his hands in now and it's 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 interesting because it's an episode from 1993 so it's like this is really oh when people like first horrible. started to pay attention to aids and finally take yeah. it seriously like the broader society and um and this is how they thought about it it's like it, it was very uncomfortable to watch honestly but i mean probably realistic and sadly um, but it
2: makes you happy that medicine has come so far (laughs) we were just watching tv earlier and they had some medicine that was like at you know how they advertise medicines it was some pill for putting your hiv in remission which is like if you think about it i mean it's taken a long time
0: but that's huge yeah i see a lot of those commercials actually Um, i'm always interested in the um the casting of the commercial (laughs) Oh, yeah. they, they never like make a point of saying it but it's almost always totally it's only gay people almost only uh and it it uh, you must have seen the same commercial or it's, maybe they're it's, all it's that majority, way, it's majority that this morning. yeah it's majority people of color too oh wait,
2: was it on this movie that i saw it this morning i mean uh, on this you, on hulu it was,
0: maybe it oh was. yeah hulu would show uh, them if you, if you don't have an ad free hulu that would definitely play yeah yeah Especially with that movie, this movie, probably. <laughs> no, I, I think that's where I saw it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, on the, on the question of how Rita, or on the subject of how Rita treated him at the time, I think, I mean, something I touched on earlier that I guess I just want to like flesh out is that, that, um, you know, it was kind of a time where you had to really, if you were a gay man, you had to fight. He had probably had to fight for everything that he had but it was very easily taken away from him. Like, you know, he, he didn't get to keep his friendship with Rita because things moved on and she didn't want to invite him anywhere. And his protege started her own salon, which immediately took over his business. You know, and she's just some white, straight girl. Uh, and even to this, you know, to this day, she was a little bit rude to him about it, even though, like she took everything he earned and she did it very easily. And that's something like it's her privilege allowed her to do that. And he didn't have that privilege. So eventually he ended up with nothing. Um, Cause it was all, it was so easily taken away from him. And like when David died, they had possessions and things, uh, but David didn't have a will that included him. And because nobody recognized their relationship, he didn't get any, anything from that. So, all that's taken from him too and, and that's a very sad fact for people of that generation but thankfully we also don't have to deal with necessarily now especially I since game someone period.
2: say that to him
0: like aren't you glad things
2: have changed but it's like well that doesn't help him to exactly. ha- when he has
0: nothing so That's what? what? Then it's changed. It's, it's so. easy to resent. Like I, I personally resent every time I meet like a tw- an early twenty year old or something, or a twenty year old, or or even hear about a teenager who's been totally out since they were eleven, or came out in high school, and they had boyfriends when they were kids, and it's like, oh my god, I don't think they understand how good they have it. Yeah. Uh, how easy they have it, and in it, and I shouldn't feel because you know. I didn't understand how good I had it for various reasons when I was that age, but nobody does, I guess, when they're young, but it's still, sometimes it's hard to like forgive them when it's really not their fault. Like I'm just, upset that I didn't for get it, to have yeah. that kind of life, you know?
4: Yeah, you shouldn't resent them or treat them badly because of that. Cause like you said, it's not their fault, yeah. but be, but it's human nature to feel that resentment. You just yeah. shouldn't take it out on them.
0: Yeah. And I wouldn't, but I uh, absolutely related to Pat's sort of underlying feeling during this movie that um, he never got to have the life that he deserved and now other people are living it and it's a little upsetting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A little yeah. bit. Um, so on the rest of my notes, I wanted to talk about, well, I wanted to talk about uh, the creators and in the, in the, in the casting a little bit. Mainly, um, so the director, the writer and director, I think he was the director, Todd Stevens. He's only had a handful of movies. uh, And one of them is another gay movie. I don't know if you've heard of that one. I know Fahad has, I'm sure he's seeing the ads for it, Um, which I haven't actually seen that movie. But he, he also, and I didn't know this until after I watched this movie, he's responsible for a movie from 1998 called Edge of 17 which when I was a teenager was one of the first gay movies I ever got to see. It was like the second, I think, gay movie I ever got to see. And I absolutely love that movie. I have seen it so many times. I had parts of it memorized. It's about uh, a boy, a teenage boy, or I think he's like on the cusp of turning 18 or something coming out in the eighties and like meeting a boy for the first time and starting a relationship. And it's, and he's got a girlfriend on the side. It's very heartbreaking and very like time appropriate. And it's really wonderful. So um, if I judged him on another gay movie, I'd be like, he made this movie, but judging him on Edge of 17, I, I totally get it. And he really has an eye for, uh, well, to reuse the word poignancy. So I was very excited about that. And you should watch that movie if you get a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other thing is, I, I want to know if any of the rest of you know who Udo Kier is and if you recognize him. I've never heard him
4: from now. You absolutely
0: should recognize him though. Um but first of all, uh well Shelley you can you can I don't know if you've passed this along already because I mentioned it before, but you can tell Stuart that he's in Susperia.
5: Yes.
0: Wait, uh, I would mentioned that. as a movie. What? The original Ooh. Suspiria, yeah. Uh he also um he did the majority he was in the majority of Lars von Trier movies. What are those? Uh, Lars Von Trier, the director who did *Dancer in the Dark* and *The Kingdom* series, and, and a bunch of other oh. stuff.
2: Oh, oh. and I just,
0: like it was was it last year's horror? America
2: I absolutely late? love the name Lars. I love that. I do name. Too, yeah, I, too. I wanted to name Jackson Lars, but Stuart said no. Uh,
3: I've been like, no, I'm gonna name you name next baby.
0: You should have said that. <laughs> oh. um, But you guys. Um, you you should know him because not just from Suspiria necessarily. Well, M- Takia should know him because he was in Madonna's music video for Deeper and Deeper.
4: So mm-hmm. if, you, if you watch
0: that, you will you'll see his face. You'll be like, oh, if yeah. you can imagine him, you know, thirty years younger. <clears throat> but um, you all should remember him because he popped up. He, he had this resurgence; like he started getting noticed in the he'd been working for like thirty years or whatever by that. He's still um, alive, correct? Yes because okay. this movie was just last year oh, oh yeah um, but uh he 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 somehow started getting this like american recognition like english-speaking films recognition in the 90s so he appeared in armageddon end of days i think he was in blade like, where in armageddon what was he? he popped up in a bunch of stuff oh, my God. um i don't personally remember because i didn't really watch a lot of those movies i wasn't <laughs> as into 90s horror as some people are our age group but but i did see what? them when they came out so <laughs> Um, so um, he was in a bunch of those and uh, he was in a movie that came out just two two or three years ago that I watched for my last horror marathon last October called bacarau which was a, it's a Brazilian based uh, it's it's kind of horror, but kind of thriller. It's one of the most interesting movies I've ever seen. It's fantastic. So um, I know I keep saying tequila because I know you're into this kind of stuff. So I, I recommend you check that out and uh, you would not recognize him between these two movies. You'd be like, this is this the same dude, the same actor doing this? So he was very, very good in that. And um, I saw so, some uh, early
3: pictures of him. He's pretty handsome. I was like,
0: oh, oh I was going to. So it's funny you. you say that because I was about to. I wanted to show you one of the first things he was in was a movie called Flesh for Frankenstein, which Takiya is on Shutter right now if you want to watch it. And mm. here is him from that movie. Oh. And he, he is like freaking gorgeous his eye like i remember him from syria and and other early movies and i always was oh my god this man is so hot oh my gosh he's just freaking gorgeous
4: gorgeous. i just noticed he was in the erotica and deeper and deeper Deeper music videos
0: yeah (laughs) he was one the men the men in erotica oh in erotica yeah he's in that dungeon scene with all the slave boys yeah what and in Why? Deeper and Deeper, he's sitting on a couch at one point with, like, the people dancing around him. He may be, I think he may be holding the balloon at some stage. Mm. <clears throat> I should have this memorized. But I've, seen, mm-hmm. I've seen all Madonna's music videos 100 times or more. So,
2: Where, where is he from?
0: I believe he's German. Yeah, German-born. He has an interesting uh, birth story, which I did not know oh. until I went on IMDb to check some things for this movie. He was born in a hospital at the tail end of World War II and the hospital was bombed and both he oh. and his mother, he was newborn and both he and his mother were trapped under the rubble, but somehow oh. both, somehow, both survived. Wow. They were pulled out of the rubble and survived. So wow. quite a beginning to your life. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Fahad, if this were the Marvel Universe, he would have become Magneto. Okay. <laughs> with that magnetic uh, uh animal magnetism he
3: has <laughs> it's just amazing though i look at him now it's like i mean looking at him back then like i, I know this is the most obvious thing in ever say but like i can't believe he's that old guy now and his swan saw it's just amazing you can he's still still see his eyes, eyes though right the eyes are still there but yeah. the eyes are there yes i just that's crazy so, how we age what
4: happens just, we get old oh, oh, say
3: it, it. Get back this practice, i don't get old
2: <laughs>
0: That's interesting. Um, so yeah, so and of course Jennifer Coolidge. Uh, this movie tapped a couple of other gay icons. I mean Jennifer Coolidge is a gay icon, and uh, and they got her to do this. And Michael Yuri is also basically an icon, a gay icon at this point. And they got him to do the grandson, and I thought that that was wonderful to bring those two people in. And and they're more they're more from a comedy background, so mm-hmm. I guess that lightened up the bleakness that Vaughn was
4: feeling a little. Oh, well,
0: except for the fact that Jennifer
4: Coolidge did not play a comedic. I know she was mean in this one. He was like the, she was the villain of the whole movie. She what was, was her a, What was her major movie? She and aging are the villains of the movie.
3: <laughs> what was her major movie back in the day? I remember Stiffle's uh, mom. Mm-hmm. What did she do besides Stiffle's mom that made her famous before Stiffle's mom?
0: Uh, best in Show. Was, yep, Best in Show. All one of those. Legally Blonde. Super, Legally yep.
3: Blonde. Yes, and it was Legally Blonde. Okay,
0: but only, one, only um, one. Just last year, she was on season one of HBO Max's uh, White Lotus. Oh. With hmm. Steve Zahn, Alexandra Daddario. Legally uh, Blonde too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 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 was that called like Red, White, and
4: Fabulous or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, they're watching. <laughs> or was
0: you that Miss I saw that in the movie, too. Too? You know they're doing a third movie. <laughs> Do you remember? Why? Why? <laughs> sorry.
2: Wait, what? I'm making a third one? Is that what you just said? They are, yeah. Oh, I think I, I did. that. Is Reese with her? Yes. A Reese Witherspoon? yes.
0: Yep. I love oh, her. Jennifer it.
2: Oh.
0: Elle Woods in her
4: Probably. probably is she going to run for president is she in it?
2: like retirement home
4: Probably. <laughs> um, it was called red white and blonde
2: oh oh yeah duh. i You're
4: was i mixed it up with armed and fabulous yeah, yeah miss congeniality too armed and fabulous
2: yeah. i love miss congeniality
4: you want to date me you want to have my baby yeah. <laughs> And we just had the date the other day, right? April, was it April twenty.
2: 20- oh, yeah. I forgot
0: about that. There's so much date. on Twitter <laughs> about date. You
2: just need a yeah. light jacket or something like
4: that.
0: <laughs> not too hot, not too cold. You only need a light jacket. That's right. <laughs> Which was true the other day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was. It was spot <laughs> on.
2: <laughs> oh, well, I love that movie.
0: Uh, oh my goodness gracious. I love it. Um okay. So any final thoughts about this movie for anybody? You guys uh, I think this happened
4: with another movie we watched recently. I maybe it was Taxi Driver, but your all's discussion has made me appreciate the movie a little more.
0: Yay. Ah. Yeah. You know, I um this is going to get a little esoteric. Maybe that's not the right word for it, but so forgive me. You know, I like to rattle on, but I uh, read a, a book last year or two years ago. It's the first uh, book actually written by my favorite screenwriter, Charlie Kaufman, and it's called Antkind, and it was 700 or more damn pages, so it took a long time to get through, but it's, it's a very surreal story about a movie reviewer, a movie critic who is kind of insufferable in his method of reviewing movies. And so part of the book, he explains his method for reviewing movies, which involves watching the movie seven times. So he's like, on time one, I only look for this. On time two, I only look for this. And he goes through the stages and is like, oh my God, dude. But um, I'm I'm seeing that to laugh at myself because I have decided recently that I think that I, I always write reviews after just watching a movie once. And of course, we only talk about uh, we only watch the movie once and then talk about it, but I have learned that I um, understand more about what a movie was, what a movie really means and its impact and what it was trying to do if I've seen it twice. Because mm-hmm. on the like I've said this before, I was like on the second viewing, I can finally stop worrying about am I following the plot correctly, and I start to see the actual details like the filmmaking happening, like why they did this, why the character is behaving this way, and it really like enriches the experience. So. I wouldn't say seven times, but I think two times is very helpful. And I guess to Fahad's point, hearing us sort of re-describe it from our points of view sometimes makes him think about it differently. It's mm-hmm. like re-watching it and getting a different view of it.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. Seven times would be crazy though.
0: Seven's a lot. It's uh, okay. <laughs> a lot of times to watch the same movie. Yeah. I think one of the times, the character obviously like, it's a little bit comical. I think in one of the, one of the seven times he actually watches it backwards or some crap <laughs> ah, to I look do. for messages or something like or upside down. I forget what it was, but it's like, oh my god, dude, upside I down. But I hope you die. Yeah. Um, huh. yeah. Okay, so why don't we move on to the next portion of our podcast? We, we all did. know what it is. It's <gasps> bump recast. So uh, we close each episode with the recast game, where we each play casting director and choose a different actor from any era, living or dead, to procure. <laughs> per- I cannot say this word today. Too many. Uh, four days sober and two drinks knocked me on my ass. Okay, two portray a character in the film instead. And now I ruined the rhyme that nobody knew was there to begin with. <laughs> Which it was I did still- which I still don't understand because every time you guys would say this, you said it in a rhyme, like you hit a rhythm that rhymed it. So I was really surprised when you said, oh, I didn't realize because <laughs> it sounded like you were doing it on purpose. <laughs> anyway, first up is, let's go backwards, Bajad. Oh, thank you. Um,
4: so I, I I will say, just like you asked us, Eric, like if we know who Udo what Kier was and I didn't recognize him I didn't know who he was but that's probably why then when the movie first started I thought he was some other actor I knew all like completely and I was like oh it's that guy oh that's an interesting choice I didn't realize he'd be in this movie and then I started looking at him more and I was like that's an interesting accent he's making up for this movie um I wonder why he's talking like that because he has a normal American accent in real life um and then I realized I looked it up I was like Oh, it's not that guy. So um Takia, you'll know who this actor is. The um so I, I choose to recast um the actor of Pat, uh, the character of Pat with an actor named Jeff Perry. Um oh! Takiya, Jeff Perry was Cyrus in Scandal. Yes. Do you nope, see how yep. they kind of looked alike? Like uh-huh. oh when it God. started, I was like, oh my God, that's Cyrus from Scandal, who also is so an funny. older gay man. So it all Ooh, worked, but I realized works.
0: it wasn't. Congratulations Aww. on the first recast that I think I've never heard of. <laughs> Yay.
3: <laughs> now, you know, a little bit of trivia. Uh, that she, he was married to um, Lori Metcalf.
0: That's her first oh, really? And, huh.
3: and her daughter was in Fahad in Scandal later episodes when she looked just like her with the bugged out eyes and everything. Lori <laughs> Metcalf has an acting daughter? Yeah, and sounds, it looks just like her. It's amazing. I love Lori Metcalf, and her daughter just sounds and acts just like her mm-hmm. in a good way. They're, they're br- great actresses for
4: both of them. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So I thought it was this actor, Jeff Perry, the like for the first 10 minutes or so. And then I realized it wasn't. And I was like, oh my God, well, that's my recast because it'll be really <laughs> funny to see. Wouldn't it be funny to see him, Takia, portraying this kind of a character? Considering- I can see
3: that. Makeup on and everything. Yeah, yeah. It'll be
4: funny to see. I- I'd like to see that. So yeah, that's my, my recast. Oh, Ruth, he was um, the older, he was an inventing Anna. He was one oh, of um, one oh, of, yeah. of Anna Klumsky's, uh three coworkers. He was the older gentleman with the white hair.
1: Oh yeah, and he oh. was in my so-called life. Oh, was he? <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that. Oh. Yeah, he was a teacher and he had receding class. And yeah,
4: oh,
2: funny. <laughs> I did not know that the lady that plays the young, mom on young Sheldon that's Laurie Metcalf's daughter.
3: Yes it is.
0: Oh. <gasps> oh my you god. See, really? Yes, yeah. Because, because Laurie met because well, Laurie Metcalf placed his mother on Big Bang Theory older. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is so funny. Yeah. That's, that's cool. genius.
2: It is. <laughs> and she's great. She's really good at
0: it. So do you see I was different. a little annoyed. I was a little annoyed that they cast somebody younger for the Sheldon show cuz I thought I think Laurie Metcalf could still Plausibly just but it's her daughter, that's perfect. But that makes it better,
2: yeah. Oh yeah. did you guys Lord. see
0: see the similarities with, with her
3: and Lori Metcalf when she was on Roseanne? If you guys ever watched Roseanne. I, I I didn't
2: know and I haven't watched there. I could see that sure. Yeah, I still watch the
0: Connors every week and I live for Lori Metcalf. I Lori Metcalf them. is in the dropout. Is that a new? Movie? Lori oh. Metcalf
2: was in street.
4: with um amanda steve Seyf- amanda Safreed Safreed um she's a professor at the college amanda Safreed's character well character that elizabeth holmes went to um <laughs> college and she went to her to talk to her about her idea and laurie metcalf was and it was a different idea but the character laurie metcalf played the professor kind of told her that's impossible. Like, that's not something that can be done in reality. And Elizabeth Holmes took it as a woman kind of, um, you know, hitting another woman down, like not letting Uh her try to succeed. And that's not what she was just saying. It's implausible. Like, you can't do, Uh, Elizabeth Holmes' idea was that everybody could have a patch on their arm that could detect illness and Mm -hmm. um, deploy uh, antibiotics immediately from the patch. And Laurie Metcalf's character, the professor, is like, you can't have that amount of um, antibiotics in such a little patch that it can then just be deployed. Like she was saying, it's implausible to do that. Right. Physically implausible. But anyway, so yeah, she's in uh, The Dropout. Takiyah, The Dropout is one of those three shows I was mentioning earlier. Oh. Uh, it's the one about Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes and that whole thing Oh, scandal. okay. Recommend it highly. Out of the three, I think that has the highest rated uh, Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Scores.
4: okay ready, yep. So that was my uh recast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so
4: how about Ruth? It's funny because for some reason,
1: Rodney Dangerfield comes in my hood for uh to play Ooh, Pat. And it makes me think of <laughs> Ladybug, and Ladybugs, and he dresses up, and I don't know, it just made me you think. Bet. I wonder what kind of twist he would put on it.
0: <laughs> Ruth, I, I love that. Ladybugs i love it's that like movie too. i, I did too,
2: too. Oh, man oh, oh another i love Rodney dangerfield good. yeah me too
0: he and definitely he's definitely really got beautiful
2: eyes as well yeah he does
0: yes, he does. definitely would have brought more comedy to, the- yeah. <laughs> to the yeah yeah Yes. Yeah. I-, I think i would enjoy
4: seeing the movie in that
5: <laughs> <life>.
4: <laughs> yeah i think it would be fun
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so okay, right so, so- <laughs> he's next I am going to recast Rita with Goldie Hawn. I think she'd be the perfect Rita oh, character. Yes,
0: I can see she would that. Would be good. I like that. You too. They can't afford her, but sure. No, but she would be good. Or maybe I don't know. She's like the nicest person. Yeah, like, she seems what? as she seems to be she did christmas chronicles i mean how much hopefully of- she won't be one of
2: the disappointing actors That
0: oh god seriously i would behave
3: behaves
2: in a way because she seems so lovable
3: oh yeah yeah oh okay takia all right i decided to cast pat with uh michael Kane so even though i'd I like y'all's recast better of of Pat, uh, of Bonnie Dangerfield and Jeff Perry. They, they look even more so alike. So I'll try to think of someone that looked similar to him and Michael kane came to mind. You guys, I'm sure you guys know him, right? Michael kane Yeah. He has yeah. eyes too. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that's definitely, yeah, his <laughs> head's his head's a little bigger, I think, than, yeah. than <laughs> like, oh. a big old head. But anyway, it, I just thought that that would, you know, that's next person that came to mind that would resemble Pat, so.
0: I think it was, I feel like it was Dolly Parton who said once in an interview on a late night show that basically all famous people have really big heads on top, teetering on these little bodies. That that's that's like, <laughs> that's like, like a, a common head. thing because it just like presents well on screen. <laughs> a bobblehead or a character, character? A lot of beautiful face and a very thin body that just disappears to nothing, I guess is what you want. So, you know, she's obviously very <laughs> top heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm last and I'm recasting Rita Parker Sloan too. Uh, and I just decided to recast her with Charo. I was thinking of one of those <laughs> people, like from the Linda Evans era, uh, you know, a, glam- a glamor queen who might not look that great, maybe if she was unglamorized. Uh, and I guess, uh, I mean, I assume this is the case, but kudos to Linda Evans for just going totally unmakeup. Yeah. On hair I was very impressed. The shot in the coffin, it's very realistic and it's like, yeah, I mean, that's that's where we're all going and if if you look great for that age, you're probably at smoke and mirrors, you know. So, um kudos to her for doing that and I thought Charo uh yeah, <laughs> might have been a fun fun uh, replacement there. Okay. So, thank you all for these. I think these were actually some of my favorite recasts, a lot of them made a lot of sense to me. It could have been very interesting <laughs> films with these replacements. So thank you so much. Uh, so now we're gonna move on to that final moment for this movie, which is to rate it. And uh, I hope you all be kind <laughs> so that my average moves up a little, uh, but uh, you know the drill. Uh, you're all gonna pick your rating, put it in your chats, wait until Fahad counts us down to zero on the row. You can hit enter. And then Shelly's going to read them out to him so he can tell us what the overall average is for this movie, this episode. Okay. Get set up.
4: Eric, just know when I send you this rating, I care a lot.
0: Oh, God.
4: (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm I'm not going to use that against you.
0: (laughs) Revenge? Is that what's happening? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm actually not sure. Like, do I want to go a little higher or lower than I am? Go with what your gut says. Go with your heart. My stomach does not talk to me because <laughs> I've been starving it for two weeks. So I do whatever. Are I you want trying to lose to. weight? Are you trying to lose weight or something? Or yeah, I'm trying to look better for my birthday, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to earn the burger I'm going to have tomorrow. So oh, nice! You're having
4: a burger tomorrow?
0: Oh no, uh, sorry, Saturday. But now, but now Fahad's taking me out to Mexican tomorrow. So and I didn't expect to eat that. So we'll see. That'll be fun. Get a good margarita or something. I think I'm just gonna try to mm. I am, yes. I, but I might try yeah. to work out for the first time in like six months tomorrow But oh. so I can earn the calories. All right, well put your thumbs up if you're ready. Never see my white thumb.
4: Everybody's ready. So on the on the row of zero, okay? Three, two, one, zero.
0: Boom. Okay. Uh so uh I think Shelly's gonna read them out to Yeah, but high.
4: hold on, I need a moment.
0: Ooh, I think noodles is takia,
4: right? Of mm-hmm. course. <laughs> Yay, <Goodness> I finally got a high rating from Tekia. <laughs> no, Takia gave Clockwork Orange a
0: five. <laughs> all right, all right. That was the third movie and it's a classic. Oh,
4: that's it, <laughs>
2: right. Oh, yes, yes.
0: Okay, Shelly.
2: Bad 3.5.
4: Uh
2: Eric, 3.75. Takia, 4.5. Ruth, 3.25. And Shelly, 3.
4: Okay. um, Eric, I'm surprised. I thought you would have given it more.
0: Oh, yeah, well, I'm very, you know, fair. I, I, I don't think it's... Sh- f- four has to be pretty profound. And, and higher than that has to sort of change the world. Yeah, but so. it made you cry. Wait, It did make
3: uh-huh. me cry. Eric, though, didn't you guys give Spice World a four? But this I- one got it's spice world
0: of five it's a classic it has a lot of memories it's
4: nostalgia
0: high energy, nostalgia. yeah it's got a lot going for it yeah
4: um so eric your average is a 3.6 okay solid I'm
5: that's, happy with
4: good. It. Yeah. that's creepy how this poster is
3: this is the last time he was alive oh yeah i guess he's dead there
4: yeah oh, the the eyes part, are
3: like about to die i can't wow okay. Oh, that's yeah. Make it brings the poster to even more life. Like more... Well, we should have we should have known by the title, right? Isn't a swan
2: song your like final?
4: Yeah.
2: Oh, like, <laughs> well, we got that. Yeah. I never knew
0: what a swan song was. Good that's... call, Shelly. <laughs> that there really was what sometimes? Mean? Sometimes I think it's also just considered your like um last big your, thing. your most profound your finale, stage right? Of your life, you know, like the, the thing you'll be remembered for.
4: I always think it's your last hurrah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's one. Yeah. But he could have gone
4: back to the nursing home and lived after that last hurrah.
0: For a couple days, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or for the rest of,
4: or for years, just in a sad, miserable life, like it opened.
0: Uh, It's much better he died here. That's for sure. In this fabulous outfit that I really want, you guys. Seriously, if you ever (laughs) see a mint green pantsuit uh, and this uh, pleated to to within an inch of its life light blue uh, blouse, (laughs) please grab for me. Please, I'm begging you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, final order of business is Takia is going to introduce our next film. Yes. What I is this? This
3: is a film I loved back from 2002. Um, has Michelle Pfeiffer <gasps> and a newcomer actress at the time, young actress named Alison Lohman. Okay. And uh, this is another kind of more drama than comedy, or a little more drama, um, and it involves evolution—not like the evolution, the Big Bang Theory, or the monkey to human type thing. No, but like a person's evolution of herself, and I'll, I think you'll see what I mean by that. And that's all I'm going to say about it. This film is called uh, *White Oleander*.
0: Oh. Yes. I don't think I've ever I've seen, seen it
3: actually. Yeah, you find a movie that no one's seen. Yes. <laughs> I've watched it was in a movie theater in 2002. I watched it like numerous times. Not in a theater, but like I saw it once in a theater and then watched it other times on HBO and all that stuff. So it's one of the films that I have to stop when I'm doing if I'm sweeping or something and watch it. it I mean oh. it hasn't been in re- rotation in a while, but yeah. Oh yeah, it had Robin White Pen. Who I loved mm-hmm. in um right, House of yeah. House. Yes, that,
0: that, that's my that's my woman. Love her. Renee Zellweger. Uh-huh. Patrick Fugit. Yes, he's He's little. about to be in a new HBO show with Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, interesting! I love oh, Elizabeth Olsen. Taron Manning. Oh, fun! Melissa, Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah, it had a lot oh, of Oh Wow. Okay.
4: Why does Cole Hauser sound familiar?
0: Billy Connolly. Connolly.
4: Yeah, Co- Cole Hauser. Why is he familiar?
0: He was. I in- it was an old oh, he's dude. that guy. I remember him.
4: Yeah, I remember really? him.
0: Oh. He was, big, he was in, a, in a lot of stuff for a long time, but it I was. haven't seen him. I don't remember him. I think that wraps it up. So I declare this episode of Old Fogies and Films concluded. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on Facebook and find our list on Letterboxd. Don't forget to leave a comment or a view, which at this point nobody has. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Everybody say Eunice!
5: Eunice! Yes. <laughs>
0: Eunice!
5: <laughs>
3: Eric, you should tell a story of what you just told. Uh, I don't know a story, but you, you texted me earlier about doing um, something for Juneteenth. And I was like, well, the movie I have is kind of the opposite of Juneteenth.
4: Oh, it's true. If <laughs> you look at this book, story. <laughs> Is it because it has the word white in the title? I, can't, I couldn't figure it out. But also, out. look at these super
3: white women. <laughs> yeah, fine. You cannot get whiter. He, did, oh, that- he told me, I'd already picked this movie. I was excited to show it with you guys. and he, They mentioned your teeth. I was like, oh, I'd already picked something. I the really want you guys to see. So, yeah.
0: Are there any people of color in this movie? Uh, ah!
3: I tried to think. Oh, <laughs> it involves, okay, there's a form of emancipation. a little bit (laughs) okay a little bit okay let me let me know
4: if you see it I think I think it's to remind us of what the times were like back in 2002 compared to the advancements that we're facing now with trying to include more diversity and it's a good lesson to know when we go into Juneteenth that's what (laughs) Tequila's trying to teach us
5: there we go (laughs)